Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rewind. Who cares what I'm going to say here? Craig, play some of that awesome music. All right. So uh, this is going to be a choose your own adventure podcast. Now, if you would like to take path A, which is just ignoring us and listening to that song on repeat for a half hour, knock yourself out. I mean, you could do so on YouTube. Uh, but uh, if you'd like to hear us actually talk about Super Stardust HD, then I'm very sorry. Uh, but Dave. with me to be very sorry and talk. Yeah. Did you know that um, you've just you've just given us a tie back to last week because Path A is the name of the publishing company that published Chicken Run. The film. They publish all the album and stuff. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, um, it's a French company with it's got a, um, like a cartoony cockerel as a a thing. They're called Pathé. What does that have to do with Super Stardust? You just said it's a choose your own adventure. So if you choose Pathé. Oh. Oh yes, I was that clever. <laughs> yes. Um, full credit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> As, as we were disgusting, disgusting, as we were discussing, wow, oh my gosh, okay, okay, so as we were discussing, uh, this week we are talking about Super Stardust HD, now this is my pick, so I get to give you all the fancy Wikipedia stats, um, this was developed by House, is that yep. Mark or Marquis, I don't think House it's Marquis. Mark. Okay, this is developed by Housemark. Uh, if I'm wrong, it's Craig's fault. Uh, with the director being Harry Tekenen, and the music composer, which is very important, is Ari Pukkanen, which I'm sorry if I mangled your name. Uh, it was released pretty much on everything the PlayStation Store exists on. So you can't get it on PS1, but you can get it on 3, 4, whatever. You can also play it in VR in a modified sense, which is pretty fun. Um, it was released first on the PlayStation 3 in 2007, and then, you know, as each new PlayStation console came out, it kind of got an update on that. Uh, I've never, I, or I can't say I ever noticed this developer other than Super Stardust HD. Uh, do you have any, which we will now abbreviate to probably Stardust. Uh, yes. Craig, do you have any, like, note of Housemark as a developer? Um, yes! We played Alien Nation, Leader Alien Nation. Um, and also your impending Returnal. Yes, they did. They also did, uh, like, Next Machina. They did Dead Nation. They did, uh, like, uh, Outland. And I remember Outland because it looked cool and then played like another world. And I went, ew, and didn't touch Outland anymore. Um, yeah, they, they uh, Resogun, I think, was yep. probably the biggest thing they've had. Other than, well, Returnal now and Stardust. Um, so do you have any history with Stardust? No. No history with Stardust at all. This is becoming a theme for these retro rewinds. Um, but yeah, just, really? just not at all. Yes, Resogun, no, Stardust. I didn't know what I was in for, but I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, I will explain what we're in for. Uh, my history with Stardust is... It looked cool. It was on the PlayStation Store, and I bought it. 
Uh, I don't remember when I bought it. I just was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fun. And then I heard the music, and then I put headphones on, and I still play it to this <laughs> day because of that music. The music is mwah, beautiful. Um, so in case you don't know what Super Stardust HD is, it's a kind of a remake of an older game just called Super Stardust, and it came out on the MS-DOS, and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty old. It's like 96. Um, and if you don't know what it is at all... It's kind... Imagine mixing uh, a spheroid thing, kind of like Mario Galaxy, like how the spheroids work in that, with asteroids. And it's very, very simple uh, game. Uh, there are three weapons that you can power up and use at any given moment. Generally, it's like... Now, Craig, I'm going to test you on your Super Stardust HD oh, knowledge God. here. Um, what weapon... Or sorry, what do you want to shoot the gold melter weapon at? Um, is that the the big stringy thing? Uh, that is the the fire, the, the big flame weapon. I was just shooting everything at everything, Dave. Like, um, it. The correct answer is I'm sorry, gold. Hence, the gold oh, right. melter. Okay. Um, the the ice shot is meant to be shot at uh, ice mm -hmm. particles which you can break up. So, and then you have the Rock Crusher, I believe, is the green lasery weapon. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, so, basically... That's... I, I was going I was going about with that, the, the lasery thing, and just shooting as much as humanly possible and randomly changing. Um, when you get to the first boss, you know that... In fact, no, we'll, we can talk about it later. Keep on going. Sorry, Dave. Okay, so... Uh, the way to, like, optimally play the game in kind of like an arcade -y thing of, oh, this is where you bring out the spread shot, this is where you bring out the snipe, you know, that kind of arcade -y feel is generally you will have meteors made of different materials, and you can either blast them with the wrong weapon, but maybe you're more comfortable with that weapon, or you can switch to a weapon that's designed to burn them up quicker. Um, every time you shoot a large meteor, it breaks off into smaller chunks. You know, kind of the asteroids thing, where it breaks off into progressively smaller chunks until it's gone. Um, generally, if something is glowing a radioactive green, there's a power-up involved, so you, you tend to prioritize, okay, gotta get power-ups. Uh, a little disappointing on how many times they're points and not power-ups, but that's pretty much the gist of this game. Um... So, Craig, sorry, what were you going to say about the first boss? Because there are two modes of play here. Um, I don't know what modes of play there are. I had a lot of trouble playing this game, so I'll start off by saying that because I was emulating it on a PSP, of all things. And it just, there was a bit of, not jank to it, but it wasn't quite as good as what I... Well, PSP, known for its physical uh, yeah, fidelity. Um, and uh, uh, it wasn't, wasn't the best. But um, on that first boss, this is where I started running into trouble because I assumed by that point that I used the coloured weapons based on whatever colour the thing was that was flying towards me. So I started just thinking I'll shoot the red things with the red thing and everything else I'll try and laser to death with the big lasery whip thing. The spaceship came flying in and you shoot one corner of it and then you have to do a bit of bullet hell dodging. You do that four times and then it dies and then at that point I was like, I really... Um, I really can't be bothered playing anymore. <laughs> I, really... I, I, did, I did the first okay, level, so... and then it's the second level started, and I started it, and I was just like, 
I had that immediate. F- Can't be ours. I had that immediate. I know, I know, but it feels. I feel really bad saying it because it's your pick. But I had that immediate feeling like I could be playing this for hours, and it's just going to be this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, absolutely, yes. It has that. It has that old school <laughs> arcade. Go until you yeah. die. And eh? I, I just at that point, I just thought, um, oh no, Dave, I'm so sorry. Don't, don't if you apologize, mm-hmm. I will punch you straight I'm in the eyeball. Sorry, Dave. That's my fetish. Um, all right. So, uh, as usual, no apologies necessary. This is not a you heard. I didn't work on Superstar SH. Yeah, yeah, I wish yeah, it did yeah. because I would come up with a lot of bad ideas that probably would ruin the game, but I would still got paid. Um, so, uh, the UFO bosses, in case uh, you're unfamiliar and this does pique your interest, uh, it's imagine a standard UFO, like a 1950s hubcap UFO. But each one, it's segmented into what, like six parts? Um, well, the first like one was four, at least. Sh- okay, all right. Um, so, yes, and, and then, like Craig said, you shoot, you shoot the, let's say, the hatch that's at three o'clock, and then the hatch blows up, and a bunch of bullets come flying at you, and you have to dodge them. And um, one of the cool, tricky things about this, later on, I should say, is since you're on a spheroid, and they are different sizes, if you get on a smaller one, the bullets will go, so you dodge them, and you're oh, like, they come right. dodge that, but they actually travel all the way around. That's yeah. good. And it's like, oh, this, this, is, this is cool. Um, you're right in the fact that this is very simple, which I imagine that's why it was the $10 mm-hmm. PSN game. Um, I, I like what this does because it does it, like this holds my interest more than any other Asteroids clone or, um, let's say, evolution of Asteroids, because that's yeah. all this is, like I said. Um, okay, so I'm curious about a few mm-hmm. things here. So you played the PSP version, which I've yeah. never played. Yeah. Did it still function like a twin stick yeah. shooter? Yeah, it was still it was still it still worked the exact same way. So I'm an idiot. Uh, for a split second, my my brain was like, "Wow, that'd be kind of hard to do a twin stick shooter on the like just because of where the things are, and that's weird." You didn't play it on a PSP. No, I no. Need I, to remind myself that. Sorry, I I used a PSP emulator on a computer. With my hoary pad, that is a you regular need to bring up feature. your Xbox <laughs> controller, Craig. I know, I really do, because a twin stick shooter is definitely your thumbs are going to be touching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, there are, there are different modes of play in this. There's uh, what they call planetary mode, and then there's like endless mode kind of thing, where mm-hmm. it's just planetary mode is you pick a planet, you can unlock later planets, and you just move like planet to planet throughout this this system. And Endless is, well, kind of that. You just keep going until... I've never beaten it, so I don't yeah. know if there's an end. But, yeah, this is very much a slap on your headphones, vibe to the beat, blow up some rocks. Um, I've never played Resogun. Like, I've seen a oh. friend play it, but I've never played it myself. Is that kind of the same thing in terms... Not, not in design, because I know that's more of like mm-hmm. a Defender uh, clone. But is it that kind of thing where it's just like, no, just... just just vibe with what's going on. Listen to the beats. I always, have I always some felt fun. like Resogun was a wee bit more than that because there was a bit of weapon upgrading, saving people, obviously, and there was levels to it. It felt like there was a point. Yes, you were on a cylinder, just roving around, but it just it didn't just feel like an arcade game where you're the point is the high score. It felt like a bit more, and I think okay. that's why like I gel more with Resogun than with. Um, this Super Stardust is Super Stardust is just uh like it just feels like the only point you're playing it is to get that high score 
and at that point, it, I just I lose interest. Yeah, uh, we, we, I think we've brought that up on yeah. like some of the. Uh, if we're not playing in direct competition, high score is not a motivating factor. Uh, there is weapon upgrading in Stardust, and it, it, it does that kind of um, predictable thing of let's take the Rock Crusher, right? Because that's my mm-hmm. main weapon that I like to use. Um, it, you start out, and it's like a pew pew laser, and you pew pew pew. You get a power up, and it's a fast pew pew laser, and then you get another power up, and it's two slow pew pew lasers, and then goes too fast, and you know it, it's just that kind of progression. Um, it's okay. Like like the the weapons don't really do much for me. It's not like oh, once you get to like spread shot eight, that's when the game really opens. It doesn't really feel like that. Um. This is, for me, was notable and why I picked it, because this is the only game of this type that I like. I can't... And even then, with as much as I like this, and it has steadily been on my PlayStation 3 since I bought it, it's a great dip-in, dip-out game. Um, I can't play it for more than a half-hour tops, and I just okay. get yeah. bored. I that's I, I was already heading down that path, and it, as I say, I'd, I probably even played it more because I was doing it for the show than what I would have because if I had stuck it on and started playing it it's not it's not difficult it's not a difficulty thing I'm not like oh I can't be bothered with it's just as soon as you realise what it is and maybe all of this is all it is I just I was it that was it just oh yeah there comes a point very quickly where you're like I either dig this uh-huh. or I don't um so here's the question then if you bought mm-hmm. this game, let's just say, and you play it for your 10 minutes and then you yep. die and you're like, oh, okay, that was fun, but I'm ready to switch to something else. Do you think that's a fault of arcade games or do you think that's a strength of you can get bored fast? Oh. You enjoy it up until that break point where you get bored and then you're done. Um, I think I think it's, it's a strength. It's maybe a strength of arcade games, but not in the sense that it's it, it means it's an amazing game to play at home. I think it's more they're designed for you to throw some money in, get the high score so that in the arcade you're at the top of that high score and that's that's what you're paying and playing for. That's the excitement. And I think it loses that when it comes home. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem then is if you want a pick-up-and-play game, oh, I've, got, I've only got 10 minutes... So I'm going to play Super Stardust HD. It gets to 10 minutes and you're like, well, I'm still playing it. I'm just going to have to turn it off. There's no... It's not like you're going to play... A, we know a round of golf takes 45 minutes. So it's like, I've got 45 minutes, so let's play a round of golf, but only use the puddles. And before you know it, it takes like three hours or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it just exactly. it feels like unless you've got people round and you're taking a turnabout to get the high score, it doesn't feel like a game that I would just dip in and play myself. Okay, a uh, couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, I'm conducting this interview on behalf of CNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, does do online leaderboards help in that regard? Of like, ooh, because if you're looking at it objectively, there's not too much of a difference between online leaderboards and my names on that yeah. arcade machine. I think the difference is like if I got to the top of an arcade machine, if I got if I got to the top of the Time Crisis arcade machine and put Pat in. For a wee while, I could point at it with my friends and say, look, Pat is there. Whereas if you're doing it at home, there's 500 people that have either glitched the game or are just incredibly good at it. 
so you've got the billion scorers and then the hundreds and billions and millions of scorers, and you're you sit you sit in the leaderboard point. at like one hundred and twelve thousandth in the world. Like, <laughs> That's why you always hit that filter by friends button and, then, and feel yeah, a little better. Filter, like I did that with Hitman. Hitman's one of the ones I actually care about the leaderboards because I was trying to get into like the top one hundred. The same way actually, um, we beat. Uh, not Beat Saber, Pistol Whip. I was trying to get into the top 100 for every track and for Hitman, it was, it was every mm-hmm. mission. And with Hitman, I was managing it bit by bit, but then people just overtake you and then I hit Filter by Friends and no one else has got it. So it's like... A fl- <laughs> and I, the only people I've got as friends are like you, Mike, and Luke and a couple of people from work, so... Big fish, small yeah, parts. So I don't, I don't think leaderboards help. I'm never really motivated by competition unless it's friendly, fun competition. Like we laugh. I'll go back to the golf. We laugh when you so hilariously slice a shot off into nowhere. You're like, what the hell was that? But yeah. if you sink like a chip in from 200 yards out, I'm like, oh my god, Dave, that was amazing. Did you see that? And you're like, yeah, so I did the shot. I. It's a competition, <laughs> but a friendly. No, it doesn't matter who wins competition. That's the competition I like. Okay, because I have a couple uh, follow-up questions to that. But um, I had something happen recently, and it's probably not there now if you look, because it was like by the time this comes out four months ago. Um, I, I started playing – the. I bought Capcom Arcade Cabinet Stadium or whatever it's called, and – there are a few games on there where I had friends that had posted scores and your first order of operations is, well, buddy, you think you're good. Oh, wait, you're still better than me. All right, next game. And then you just go down the line until you do really good. And uh, I, I found a game that I did really good at. And, I mean, not spectacular, but I was in, like, within the first, let's say, three weeks of uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium releasing... I was in the top 100, and I'm like, oh, oh, holy shit, this is great. And I actually kind of felt that thing I used to feel in the arcade. And when you're, like, top 100 on the worldwide thing, it doesn't mean anything. It means whatever. uh, Out of the small amount of people that bought this game, you're top 100. Poop to ship, Dave. But... I got that rush, and I haven't felt that, And you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was running around in my <laughs> underpants screaming about it. It was just, whoa, hey, that's cool. Um, but I got that same feeling that I used to get in the arcades. Now, I think some of it is once everybody starts playing it, I'm going to go from top 100 to top 50,000. Yep. And that's fine, but I wonder if once you open things up to a worldwide scale, you are competing against so much that... While if you get top 10, that is ridiculously good. It is also ridiculously hard now. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've posted my name on a couple of arcade cabinets and in the number one slot. And it was always, hey, this is cool. And I think for me, that's kind of where the friends leaderboard comes in. Because, you know, if you're in an arcade at a 7-Eleven, there are only going to be, like, what? Maybe, like, 100 yeah, people yeah. that are playing that Street Fighter Two machine. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why, to me, the worldwide boards don't matter much. Now, when we're playing our, um, our high score competitions, which, uh, behind the curtain a little bit, uh, dear listeners, my, you, you beautiful people, um... We've been toying with the idea of having one where we do a high score game once a month. 
So, like, you know, it'll just be a bonus episode that we throw out. And, hey, this week we played Bubbles from Midway. And just, you know, doing, like, what we did with the Namco Museum stuff. But just one game. is a very short, like, ten-minute episode where we talk about it. Uh, if you would like to see that or you're apathetic, don't do anything because, well, we'll figure it out. Um, but that is infinitely more fun yeah. for me. Is that the same yeah. for you where we go in with a spirit of competition? Yeah, I th- I, like if we're doing that like that, I, I do find that fun because it's, it's just fun. If you know what you're trying, if you know, if you know the rules of engagement, before you partake, then it's fine. If you were going to say, let's... If, if we said, let's see who gets the best score in Super Stardust HD, I'd be like, yeah, Dave, let's let's do it. That's t- totally cool. If you said, let's see who can get the highest on the world leaderboard in Superstar HD, that doesn't work for me. Okay. All right, so it's definitely a... Uh, there's a big difference when you're going to a local yeah. tourney and then a continental yeah. tourney. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And the outcome, the outcome would be the um, same because you would still say, "Hey, I got a higher score than you, so I'm higher in the world leaderboard." And I would be like, "Yeah, but I don't really care about the world leaderboard. It's like, well done." Yeah. <laughs> this shit, you're 117,000. I'm 119. Congratulations. Yeah, it's true. Um. So, uh, again, more questions. Sorry, this is turning into no, an interview. Fine. Um. Are there any games that you're like that? that are of the arcadey nature. Like, like you know, you said with Hitman, yes. And But is there anything arcadey that you will... Well, let's see if I can get a better score than Mike or Luke or Dave or whatever. Nothing, nothing that I can think of. The games that I can think of just now, like that we have on either this or the last generation, that I know that we've all got scores on, are things like... Um, Horizon Chase Turbo Zero. Horizon Chase Zero Dawn. And it's... I, I look at it and then I beat some I beat Luke's score or something like that and you've got an incredibly good score. But I'll do I'll race the race like twice. Wherever I'll fall, I'll fall and if you're half a second quicker than me, I'll be like, Well you've got that one, Dave. I don't then go and try and race okay. like ten yeah. times to try and beat it. It's not a primary driver. Okay. That's that's fair enough. So the idea we have, you would be into that. Yeah. But not not if you're just sitting down, it's 11 o'clock, and you're like, oh, let's see what, you know, the, oh, Dave's playing, I don't know, 1941. Oh, let's see what score he posted. Sure, I'll give that a shot. There has to be that that pre, okay, we're both going into this doing it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. So. Uh, out, of, out of curiosity, the game that this gets uh, put up against a lot in my friend group at the time was Geometry Wars. Oh yeah, Geometry and Wars. A lot of them a lot of them prefer Geometry Wars. I personally can't stand Geometry Wars. Oh, why not? How do you fall? I quite like Geometry I Wars. I find I find it boring. Uh this is very very uh surface. It's ugly. Like oh. it, it it's it's not fun. It it's there's not really good explosions. It's just yay, you could do this on like a Vectrex. Woohoo. Um there, there's more bombast, I feel, to Stardust HD. I'm still saying that like, even with Geometry Wars, I wouldn't play it for that long before I'm like, oh, whatever. It's the same with Asteroids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All of them, it's, it's just the same. But I, I don't mind Geometry Wars. Like, I don't mind the way it looks. It looks like a 80s neon laser fest of a game as opposed to particles. And... Yeah, it looks like Tron puked yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if there was an arcade cabinet yeah, inside Tron that played a game, it would be Geometry Wars. Now, if you walk into an arcade and there's Stardust HD mm-hmm. and Geometry yeah. Wars, which do you go to? It, I mean, that's the what question. What do the controllers... Are they the same controllers for each? Or does like one of them have a special thing or... Let's let's go old school and say they both have spinner top joysticks. Okay. Um, I'd probably go Super Stardust HD. It's a bit. It's a bit. You're right. It's a bit more particularly explosive. It's really pretty to look at. It's like Resogun and them jams. Really super pretty to look at. Our review of Super Stardust HD. Uh, all digressions aside, I like it as a fun dip in, dip out. I feel like some good music and some very simplistic blasting. That's about it. Like, I can't say go run out and buy this before they shut down the PlayStation Store again. But, yeah, if you really like Asteroids and you want a fun little spin on it, sure, knock yourself out. Yeah, so, like, for my final thoughts on this, I don't even... Like, it's a very pretty game. It does what it does well. It's simple enough where it's only got three weapon types. Levels up nicely. You shoot things. You blow up rocks. You avoid things. You shoot UFOs. It looks great. It's smooth. You know, there's there's lots of good things about it. But for me personally, it's not a pick up and play game because of that. You don't know how long it's going to last. It's quite you. You, you just don't know. And it gets. I, I just know I will get bored of it before I finish it. So I'll end up killing myself. Yeah. But, I mean, folk that like this kind of game, I would say it's probably, like, one of the better examples of a bullet heli shooting asteroid clone or, or um, descendant of asteroids. Um, it, yeah, so, final thought done. So, next up for the big bit effect game, we have a mystery game because, as of yet, Mike has not given us his pick. So, um... I would say you have a 1 in 7,942 chance of picking the right game. So pick your favorite game, send us in what you think about it, and you might be correct. And if you are correct, I will read it on air and there will be trumpets and angels singing and you will be the coolest person in the world for 42 seconds. And we will see you next time when we talk about Mirror's Edge. Bye! (laughs) Have faith, Craig.